No, it's not even a concern. You know, this is really about the safety of the community. And, you know, it, it, it's a balance. We know that um, folks really find value in the platform, whether that is the merchants who are connecting with customers, customers who are looking at the convenience of delivery, and then dashers who are earning on the platform. It's about making sure that all three of those sides are protected and safe, but that we're balancing their needs and the values that they get out of the, uh, the service itself. And so when we make these decisions, we don't take them lightly. We really look at a number of factors um, and determine, again, you know, is it simply a proactive reminder to the community to stay safe and some tips and tools to do so? Or is it that more drastic measure of actually shutting down operations temporarily uh, until conditions are better and safer? But we really do put the safety first and foremost as the highest priority and therefore make decisions based on that. Um, and then, of course, just as quickly as, as those decisions are made, uh, it's just as quickly opening back up when conditions are safe. And so ensuring that we're not disrupting operations uh, or folks' ability to earn or connect with customers longer than we need to. And so, uh, you know, that, that, that pivot back to reopen is just as critical as the decision we make to, to suspend. When it comes to Vancouver, who's making the decision? Is it somebody in Vancouver or somebody that's uh, in an office far, far away? Yeah, no, it's our, our regional general manager uh, on the ground there. And it is, um, you know, very much a, a case-by-case basis on when we do so. I think we've only done uh, a, a couple times where we've actually suspended uh, operations in Canada over the last year or so, or maybe about six months or so. so and only not, one time not, in Vancouver. Yeah, frequent and often. Yeah. yeah, just one time. So it's not frequently and often, but, you know, we do do it when it, when it warrants. Uh, but, no, those decisions are made on the ground, uh, folks who are experiencing. And, you know, we look at a number of factors, but, but three things um, that we keep a close eye on, um, government and local authorities' advice and what they're saying about emergency conditions, um, weather warnings, obviously, where we, we monitor those in, uh, in real time and, and constantly checking for updates. And then live conditions and operations in our in our own business. And so, you know, what are the cues that we are seeing? Are there signals from uh, our own operations that we can take to help inform those decisions? Um, but again, it's a case by case basis. But it is it's, it's the local team there who is who is calling those shots and making sure that they are right for not only the Dasher community but the broader. Uh, merchant and and customer base as well. We're talking with Taylor Bennett, Global Head of Public Affairs for DoorDash. Are there any protections for drivers or are they as independent contractors really responsible for their own safety? And if they get into an accident, it's on them. Yeah, it's a great question. And, and, you know, and that is really what what we hear from from Dashers. We know that that weather is a real important issue for them. Upwards of 60% have said it's a factor in determining um, you know, their safety on the platform. And so that was really part of the reason that this severe weather protocol was implemented um, and, and, and why we've decided to take the steps that we do when there are drastic conditions like flooding or severe storms or hurricanes elsewhere. And, you know, when they're out on the streets, that suspension of operations is, is intended to keep them safe. When we know that conditions might be so poor, um, where we just don't want to put them in harm's way. And so, you know, really the impetus for this this protocol. Um, and then as I mentioned, we've got various levers to pull. And so, you know, when there might be heavy rains, but conditions might not be yet flooding, reminding them to stay safe, the tips and tools to do so. Um, and we really try to minimize the distractions on the app and ensure that they've got the 
the, the, the product support, the tech support, and the agent standing by should they need it. Um, you know, and safety is something where we can constantly improve, and there are always things that we can do differently and better, whether it's product or policy or programs. And so, you know, that is an ongoing effort, and we're, we're, we're excited about the progress we have made and some of the things we've deployed, but there's, there's always much more to do. Taylor, uh, DoorDash has been in operation around Vancouver for several years now, and this is the first time that uh, a protocol back in February was implemented for severe weather. But it's not the first time in those many, many years that we've had dangerous weather in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. So if somebody crashed and if they were working for DoorDash, ICBC is not going to cover them. Do they have to take out separate insurance? Yeah, it, it's a great question, and it's something you know we're constantly working to um, improve the experience. Uh, you know, it really depends on the, the dashers' coverage and, and and their insurance provider, and, and, and so you know whether it is uh, providing such an incident would really be a case by case answer. But um, you know, finding those solutions that we can offer dashers both before uh, a dash, while on a dash. And then afterwards, um, supporting them through safety and trust measures that allow them to have the best experience is really what we're committed to. And so, um, you know, again, those insurance questions are going to be a a case by case with the individuals. Insurance really is uh, quite expensive. How much are DoorDashers making per hour? Yeah, you know, it's really what we find is this work is very much supplemental for the large majority of Dashers. And, you know, they have other jobs, other obligations, their students. Um, the majority work three hours or less a week. And so they're doing this to earn extra income. And what we're finding is dashers are making over $25 an hour while they're on a delivery. And so you could make some really good money and folks are doing it to save up for large uh, purchases or help get out of debt or uh, save for a financial goal. Um, Whatever reason it might be, we find folks from all walks of life really appreciating the opportunity to earn when and how they choose. And so uh, the supplementary nature of this and the flexible nature of earning is really what we see to be attractive. And, uh, and you know, over $25 an active hour is, 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 uh, has been really valuable for, for the Dasher community. I know Uber Eats has been the target of possible certification or a union drive. Has that come DoorDash's way? You know, I, it, it's a great question in, in terms of the, the topic of independence um, and again, you know, the, the flexible nature of this work is what we see dashers very much appreciate and why they come to the platform. Um, and, you know, working with policymakers, ensuring that we are finding solutions to, uh, to any kind of certification uh, is about keeping those dasher values in mind. And so when it's the overwhelming majority of, of workers in the platform say they appreciate the independence, the ability to work when and how they choose. You know, it's about finding solutions that embrace that. Uh, Today's economy, gig work, uh, folks who have other jobs and and new and different ways of earning is on the rise. And if this is a way for folks to do that in a way that is valuable uh, and productive for them, you know, we should really be embracing this and finding solutions that can not only protect that flexibility, but then uh, enhance the experience for for all workers in today's uh, modern economy. 